Greg, how do you pronounce your last name? Greenhalds. Greg Greenhalds, what, welcome like, to the podcast. There you go. Yeah. What background is that? German. You should probably say welcome to the podcast because right, I just do that again. totally do that talked again. over you. Greg Greenhalds, welcome to the podcast. Hello there. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, Lauren was wondering about the background of your last name. What's mm-hmm. the word for that? Etymology? Where does it, it come is from? a uh, German background. Okay. It's interesting though. Sometimes, uh, depending on where you ask or what part of my family you ask. Mm-hmm. Some people say green halge. Somebody say green alge. Green alge. Mm-hmm. So some don't use the H. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. okay. Well, however you pronounce it, we're happy to have <laughs> you. Um, no, but thank you for coming on the podcast. This is an interesting one because you've been doing real estate how long? Uh, this is now my 11th year going into real estate. A lot longer than most people we talk to, <laughs> I'd say. So could you thank just you. take us through it a little? Well, <laughs> sorry, not in that way. You're, you're very well seasoned. Um, no, but you've, you've, I mean, you work with, I feel like, a few different types of clientele. And I think you have kind of an interesting, um, probably some interesting stories about real estate. So how'd you get started? Yeah, um, believe it or not, I was actually in the television news business uh, prior um, I grew up wanting to be like the next Tom Brokaw, mm-hmm. Matt Lauer, you know, that, that, that was, that was the goal. Um, went to school for film and television and thought that that was the career for me. Um, I ended up leaving local news and, uh, met the wonderful Whitney Sweet, managing mm. broker here at Keller Williams. And she literally taught me everything that I know about real estate. I had no idea. I had never been a part of a transaction, I didn't even have my license at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and she was like, hey, we we want you to work at our office with us. So wow. that's, I got in by accident, I guess. That was the one where you guys did like a billion transactions every month, right? <laughs> yes. We, yeah. we joke that we were literally basement dwellers. We were in an office that was about a 12 by 12 room. And she took care of all the listings and I took care of all the buyers. And we no. would fight for who could talk louder on the phone. Um, and we spent some some quality time together. That's yes. crazy. And then it took her a while to get you over here to KW. You just recently joined. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah. I was with uh, previous brokerage here in town for about six years uh, and then just joined KW back here in November. Yeah, mm. right on. And how do you feel? Well, first, we love Whitney Sweet. How did you guys meet? Yeah. Um, so the managing broker at the time and the creator business guru of this said brokerage um, had recruited me. Um, and so I drove into the DTC office, met in a conference room uh, with him, and he goes, let me introduce you to my team, aka Whitney Sweet, and the rest was history. We literally just hit it off from day one, and again, there's a lot of jokes behind it. From yeah. Again, I, did, I knew nothing about real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stories between Whitney and I of how I learned good old real estate. (laughs) Baptism by fire. Yeah. And it's amazing because you and Whitney, I feel like both have this desire or passion to educate, right? Like she's our managing broker. You now teach for Kaplan and I feel like just embody taking someone under your wing Sure. Um, because I see how you are with the newer agents here, even with me. I'm like marching myself down to your office. Hey, I need help or advice or, you know, just everything. And I feel like, is that something you initially kind of bonded over? Or do you think that came with time and experience? Definitely with the time and the experience. Uh, I think, you know, because of us doing lots of transactions in a very quick period of time, you learn very quickly all the things and mistakes that can happen, right? When you're Mm -hmm. closing a hundred plus deals 
left and right and you don't even realize it, it you unfortunately open yourself up for multiple mistakes. Um, and so I came from the mindset of, hey, I've already I've already done this. I've already screwed this up. I've already gotten sued. I've already made enough enemies in real estate. Let me teach you how to not. And so yeah. that's where the education piece really came. Um, and I think, you know, th- there's so many offices where it is just kind of like baptism by fire. You just kind of get thrown in and good luck, learn it all, mm-hmm. don't yeah. screw it up. And right. so that was kind of my goal is, you know, how can we teach people to be not only productive, but also to keep yourself out of trouble, trouble. right? And, and be successful in the business. Very important. So you've been sued. Can you tell us those stories? Oh, um, <laughs> what's so the statute it, of limitations? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it went to litigation. Nothing ever came from it. We sure. finally agreed and went our separate ways. But I mean, it's little. It's down to the littlest things. You know, like you say that you want the refrigerator included in the sale of the property. Well, which one? Yeah, the one that's in the garage, or you just want the little wine fridge that's in the basement? You just said refrigerator. So, uh, which yeah. refrigerator are you referring to? Gotcha. We left you one. Right. It just wasn't Specify. necessarily the one that the buyer wanted. Things like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, little things. I just learned uh, from overhearing a productivity coach about that's why you capitalize the appliance name in the mm-hmm. contract. Had no idea. Or yeah. put in parentheses, yeah. kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen refrigerator. Right. I mean, Or just, located in the time of yeah. inspection mm-hmm. or when viewing the property or as referred to in the photos. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Just, you know, as more detailed and specific as you can be. The better CYA you have, mm. yeah, in the end. absolutely. Um, okay, well, we kind of glossed over it, but I also have a background in television. Okay, if, if you mm-hmm. count Ames, Iowa, public access television as television, which you do. Okay, <laughs> so why you wanted to be Matt Lauer or Tom Brokaw, and then I mean, what happened? Why'd you change your mind? Um, I'm not pretty enough. No, I. How I, dare I, you? Oh, stop! <laughs> I um, I immediately found out that I. I don't know. I get too nervous, I guess, in front mm-hmm. of TV. Um, here's here's a good little. This is a little uh, a, a little uh, nugget for you for your podcast. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually was on a live broadcast of the Nine News Parade of Lights. Um, and being silly and again new to the business, I was telling what everybody was doing out on the streets, and it was very cold. And so I gave a free plug to Starbucks on live TV because I said, you know, everybody's out here with their Starbucks in hand, Mm -hmm. things like that. So Nine News obviously kind of frowns upon that because that's free advertising for Starbucks. I said, everybody is standing here. Oh, that seems nitpicky. Everybody was. I also love the word um when I'm nervous (laughs) and on TV. So um, Starbucks, everybody's here um, with their Starbucks um, standing outside um, in the cold. Were those, was that a live live segment? Sure was. Can't take it back. Live, the the nerves that come with doing a live hit are almost, and once they start going and then you start to be, you're like, oh shit, I'm really nervous. That makes it worse. Downhill spiral real fast. No good, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's actually an ABC News anchor, Dan Harris, who had a panic attack live on air and like that started his, his, you know, and now he wrote a book about meditation and everything else. But like, there's video of it where he was supposed to do like a three minute segment, he did 20 seconds, and toss it back to the anchor. He's like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah I, oh. I got the toss back and immediately realized I belong on the opposite side of the camera. Oh, so I then uh, jumped over to producing. So mm-hmm. I was an EP okay. uh, here for local, mm-hmm. and then uh, had the awesome opportunity to then go to the national side. So I was with NBC Sports. Really? Um, got to do a Super Bowl. Uh, I did the Summer Olympics in Rio, mm-hmm. and then. 
the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea. So Dude, that's, that's super amazing. cool. Awesome, awesome opportunities. And yeah. it was, but the, did it did it wear you down? I know it's a lot of work and not a lot of love. <laughs> I, that's unfortunately my middle name. I love to just go, go, go. Right. I love mm-hmm. the excitement of it. I notice that I'm more productive when things are quick, constantly going. Holy, you know, how how am I gonna get how am I gonna get all this completed today? Yeah. yeah. Is what excites me as opposed to waking up and be like, oh, I only have one thing that I gotta complete today. Like right. I'll do it later. So mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I did. Okay. It was it was a good time. And then unfortunately we- then the p- pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um they realized very quickly that they didn't necessarily need as many people uh traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh you can throw a lot of cameras up and then toss all the footage back to Connecticut, where they're out of, and edit it, and especially when it's in another country. Every <laughs> this is our, episode, we do have a siren every episode. It's like the safest neighborhood in Denver. We have a siren every episode. Sorry, I can't say that. Fair housing. <laughs> Cut that. Um, so wait, but you were doing. So you were still producing while doing real estate. Yeah, Woo. this is for the first time. Um, starting here in November, when I came to Keller Williams, this is the first time that I've done real estate full-time just real oh estate yeah. interesting okay cool yeah so it's you've always been kind that. of been a secondary thing well i guess that's kind of a little bit of a lie when i first started mm-hmm. and working under whitney that was my full-time gig mm-hmm. um for those first two years and then again talk about wear down when you're closing multiple transactions and working m- lots and lots of hours every day yeah. It, yeah it wears you down so that's when i then was like hey i'm gonna go more part-time with this and do other things on the side. Cool. So, yeah. I, I st- it's funny. It similar, different story, but I, st- I was in sports TV as well and awesome. stopped during the pandemic because that I was a freelancer and, you know, sports only stopped for a few weeks, right. but everything came to a halt and it was just like, okay, maybe the writing's on the wall here. <laughs> there you, you know, go. Time to do something else. But anyway, but then you, you know, we were in um, the training a week or two back and, you know, talking about numbers and you, you've done a fair amount of business at least mm-hmm. last year. So you got, you really Got back into it. I did. Yeah, I got lucky. Um, I am one of those real estate agents that is really passionate about my sphere. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately am not a dialer. I, we call him Doug the Dialer. That's my my nickname for those folks. Mm. I just I am not <laughs> I'm not great at it, right? And I I understand my strengths and my weaknesses. And you know my my passion is building that sphere mm-hmm. and having your friends, family, um, and those folks referring business really has done well for me so yeah and dialing yeah. sucks so there yeah, we go it's not great at it and it's the worst um, some people are really good some at it people are. I, I'm I'm shocked that there are days in when I sit in the office and I'm like if I could just hire that guy to mm-hmm. do all my scripts again sure. I, with the um right I, I get on there and um hello would you um like to sell your house <laughs> yeah I listen to some people just sit here and cold call and I'm like I, I'm amazed they're so yeah, good at it so I do want to pull them aside and just be like hey Moment of honesty. Do you, want to, do you want to kill yourself? How many how many times how many times a week do you have that feeling and overcome it? Which right. is that's important part of, of business. And how many times you get hung up on? I, that, doesn't that have to do something for your psyche? <laughs> I don't care how many times you've done it and you're just like, ah, I've got like, thick skin. Great. How good of a human being do you feel like after that? Yeah, and these people are good. They're very friendly yeah. and nice, but goodness, it's mm-hmm. got it. Anyway, um, this is the anti-cold calling podcast, basically. <laughs> but you New have, agents. Don't, fight, don't 
don't, don't call. Don't talk to anybody. It'll be fine. Um, but no, you obviously, if you're not doing that, you have to do um, other things. And yours is taking care of your your sphere. And, yeah. You know, um, you've done well with that. What are I mean? What are your? Do you have a philosophy? Is it a 36 touch thing? I know you knew to Kelly Williams, but yeah. Um, so I do do the 36 touch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I am really passionate about face to face. Right. Mm-hmm. I am one of those. Again, I, I go against the grain. I've never had a business card. I just what? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in that. Okay. I know. About this. I know. Yeah. That's great. I, my my theory is right. If I'm going to meet somebody, I want to go farther than just handing you a business card. Mm-hmm. We both have our phones on us. Let's yeah. then exchange numbers and information right then. Let me follow you on social media. Whatever the case may be, I don't want to just be another business card in your purse, your wallet, your briefcase, the trash can. You know. Yeah. I, I'd rather make that connection. Um, I personally, I am, some would probably call me a weirdo. I characterize all of my contacts in my phone with an emoji. So it's not only your name, but it's also an emoji. Um, so I have like new people that I've met that potentially are buying, um, that have a star next to them. And it's literally just the emoji star. I then can search at the top of my contacts, put in that emoji star. And I know everybody that I need to contact that week that I've either talked to that I need to move then to not only just being, a potential person that I've met, but somebody that I want to get a buyer's agency agreement with. That is brilliant. So that's like that your, so da- it's like a database, yeah, essentially, like your it contact is. book. And that's, that's why I'm saying, you know, I'd, I'd rather have them in like that and be able to categorize them as opposed to having somebody's business card. Where is it? Where did I leave it? Is yes. it in a coat pocket? Right. You know, I think that oftentimes we lose that personal touch. Yeah. Right. And I'd much rather I'm, 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 I go the extra mile. I get home at night. I will send you then that text. Hey, it was so great meeting you today. Mm-hmm. Try to get an opportunity to schedule an appointment or meeting them again, coffee, whatever the case may be, and create that personal relationship as opposed to such a transactional mm. relationship. Right. I think, my again, my first years in business and doing so many transactions, I think that that's really where I went wrong, to be mm-hmm. honest. Every person was a transaction and not a person. You know what I mean? And I, I would, I never celebrated home anniversaries, birthdays, the things that really matter. And they're, they're small things, but when you take the time to recognize that it's someone's birthday or that they've Mm -hmm. been in their house for a year and you celebrate that with them, I think that those are major milestones that really show that they, or you as the real estate agent, you actually care as opposed to just, Hey, thanks so much for the commission check. I'm off to Mexico. Right. Call me in seven years when you want to sell again. You know, totally. Yeah, yeah. and that it reinforces that you're their person too. It's like, oh, here's a year later, the transaction's over, but we're still talking about it, rather than just I was your person for that one, and you're mm-hmm. gonna go find another one the next time. Right. The following on social media for the new people you meet that is one of my favorite little tricks. Yeah. That I I think my wife taught to me. She's like, you should just follow each other on Instagram rather than other stuff. It's just it's so easy. Just like, oh, are you on Instagram? Let me follow you. They'll always follow you back. Absolutely. And if you I mean, if you invest in your social media, they're going to be seeing that stuff. But regardless, it's such an easy way just to keep in touch with someone you met on a beach in Cape Cod, which is my yeah. guess. You know, yeah. absolutely. I think that you know that's again where a lot of my businesses come from. I can very easily just post, and if you want to see it and you're scrolling, you're going to see it. It's right. a lot easier for me to be in front of you and front of mind as opposed to constantly calling you, texting you, being that annoying gnat that's always around, right? And so I think there's that fine line of how do I consistently keep front of mind, but also not annoy them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love so it. So you talked about failures. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what ultimately did, did you think it was that made you so successful? 
Um, to be honest, again, I think it's when I made that transition as opposed to just people being a transaction and a number mm. to then being people and yeah. creating those relationships. Um, I've had, you know, now multiple folks that have been um, buyers and sellers now multiple times in my 11 years. And I, oftentimes I hear these horror stories of people are like, I helped you buy that house. Why didn't you use me as your listing agent? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that the bigger question is to yourself, why didn't they use me as their listing agent, yes. right? right. It, you know, what did I do or where did I fail them or where did I go wrong? And that's what I realized, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, in 10 years, I, I should be making millions of dollars. I closed hundreds of transactions in my first couple of years. I've now been in it 10 years. The average person sells within seven. Why aren't they all calling me back, yeah. right? Where are those people? Why, why am I not their top of mind real estate agent when they think about real estate? And so that's where I really kind of positioned and pivoted and realized, you know, that that those relationships are are much more important. Mm -hmm. Um, I always joke, you know, I I say that real estate is 90 percent your database and reaching out to those people. And it's really only about 10 percent real estate. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a small, small number. And I think oftentimes we focus so much on the real estate and not on the person. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, Brandon Bardick, our new old, old new operating principal here at the brokerage, uh, said something really great. I can't remember if it was in a training a couple months ago or in a, a team meeting, but he's basically talking about where you need to allocate your time. And he said, as a real estate agent, you really have one job. It's to make people feel special. Mm-hmm. Everything else that you can leverage out, you should. That is your job is to be talking to people, making them feel special. And like you're saying, Craig, like make them make them feel heard and mm-hmm. make them, you know, just deepen that relationship. That really is the job. Absolutely. And then, oh, by the way, staying out of jail when you're doing the transactions, <laughs> which you can help us with. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I've never been to jail. Not yet. That's, That's good. good. Knock on wood. Because right, ultimately it's about them and their experience mm-hmm. and not about us. Yeah. I, you know, I, I often think about this as well. You know, think about if we as real estate agents actually removed ourselves from the transaction mm-hmm. and think about if we were really just glorified scribes drafting up the, the agreements and sending it off and you allowed the buyer and the seller to maybe, you know, sit at a bar or even on the front driveway and hash out what the seller wants, what the buyer wants. I, I feel like the transactions would be much easier and smoother and everybody kind of sings kumbaya at the closing table and oftentimes i think we as agents have a little bit of pride and we muddy the waters for that right and you know i think that we we add a little bit too much of our own personal thoughts feelings suggestions into that transaction which you know sure we can get to the closing table but oftentimes then when you're at the closing table you're like yeah there's that listing agent that you know we yelled and screamed at each other for three hours trying to negotiate an inspection and you know things like that so uh, again i'd much rather be about the person this is your biggest one of your biggest assets and and things that you're purchasing it means a lot to people and so Mm -hmm. it's not just a transaction it's not just another number um we do this a lot and so we get accustomed to that but i think trying to put it into you know put their shoes on and understand where they're coming from is really, really important. Yeah. Mm. No, that makes sense. Um, you and Whitney started because I'm on this train of you and Whitney. Um, (laughs) you and Whitney started together and now you both are, you know, in education, you both have big responsibilities where you're kind of mentoring other people, but who did you have? Who did you have whenever you started that mentored you? Did you have that person? Because I feel like you find so much value in that, right? Yeah. 
But who was that for you? It was absolutely Whitney Sweet. Um, she literally, I, I'm telling you, she taught me everything that I know in real estate. Um, in addition to that, I then was really passionate about, you know, like listening to podcasts, YouTube, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like a, a self teacher. I would literally go and Google, you know, like they'd be like, hey, you need to go on this appointment. I'd On the way there, I'm literally Googling and like, what does this mean? What should I know as a real estate agent? I Soak up as much information before I get out of the car and make a fool of myself. Um, so it was a lot of like either self-taught or through Whitney. And, and like I said, it was it was that baptism by fire, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I will never forget day one, you know, the phone rang and they're like, hey, we really love this house. We'd like to go see it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, and I didn't, you know, like, do I, do I have any questions that I should be asking <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, or yeah. like, how do I schedule a showing? I mean, I literally had no idea. And yeah. so um, it literally, you know, Whitney was like, here's here's your playbook of the day. Here's what you say. Here's what you can't say. You know, again, in regards to fair housing, yeah. you know, th- those sort of things of, of here's what you can do and you'll do great and call me if you need anything. And so I, I did. And, and you know, at the time I was scared to death because I had yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. There's a lot of good stories there. And, and we will we'll, we'll go into one. Whitney Sweet, I was convinced that she was punking me. Um, she had me going and meeting a client at a listing that she had. Right. It was mm-hmm. one of hers. Um, and just so happened that they had a tenant in this property. And so we called ahead, got approval from the owner who unfortunately was not the person living in the home. And he said, yeah, absolutely. No problem. I get to the home. I get there early. I'm trying to get all the lights on. You know, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. And I, you know, do all the protocols. I ring the doorbell. I knock on the door before I go in. I put the key in the lockbox. I open up the house. I'm downstairs. I turn all of the lights. I get to the top of the stairs and the uh, master bedroom was the door was closed and I open up the door and found a naked gentleman sleeping in bed. Come to oh. find out he actually was deaf. And so he did not hear oh. me knocking, ringing the doorbell, walking through the property. And so I was convinced again, like I said, that Whitney sweet is literally playing an evil <laughs> joke on me because I immediately go running out of the house and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? There's a naked man in the house. The clients are showing up. I'm like, uh, I don't know if we can see the whole house. I can show you downstairs, but maybe not upstairs. <laughs> like we really want to see the What does it look like? You're like, ah, it doesn't look great. So you didn't wake him up (laughs) I ended up not waking him up another agent actually came there was there was multiple showings another agent came and she was like that's fine I'll go wake him up so she went and startled him and woke him up and he put on some shorts so that we could walk through the master bedroom wow that's yeah. great. Our last podcast, they found a dead guy, but yeah. that's Ooh. pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah all no the dead, stories in real estate. I know. No dead people. No I dead know. people for that's me. Good. I don't have, uh, but a naked guy who can't hear, and you're like, why is he still? I'm sure Whitney did laugh a lot. Oh, of so, course. Yeah. She thought it was absolutely hilarious, yeah. and it became like the office story forever of <laughs> Greg shows homes to, of naked people. Yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. That's how it got coined in the office. It was a good one. Oh, naked guy, Greg. That's not, yeah. It's <laughs> oh like, it doesn't gosh. mean that. It was just the title a, anyway. of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we won't do that. Um, we do have to figure out a title though. It'll, it'll come. Maybe that's it. All right. You mentioned negotiating inspections. That's like one of my least favorite parts of the job. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you've been doing this a long time. Do you have any, any areas where you are like, it's like a challenge for you or something that's a struggle right now? 
Sure. I think the biggest thing is, you know, just prefacing up front. If you're the buyer's agent, Mm -hmm. use the additional provisions for your benefit, right? Mm -hmm. My buyer is going to ask for health and safety only. Are we buying the home as is? Um, You know, can we see the seller's property disclosure before we even go under contract? Just setting those preferences, you know, getting everybody on the same page, I guess, and set that precedence well above the inspection resolution date sure. helps immensely. Sure. I've noticed that when we wait until the very last and then we're, we're arguing over semantics and what is or is not included, um, you know, in an inspection, that's where you, I think have more of the difficulty in negotiating. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, you know, I, oftentimes I think that the biggest ones are the high dollar, Right. The, if it costs a lot of money, the seller doesn't want to do that. Right. But the buyer also wants it replaced. Mm-hmm. Things like, you know, roofs, mm-hmm. um, furnaces, you know, things that are going to cost that seller a lot of money. Um, I oftentimes uh, when I'm on the listing side, I just we we negotiate and discuss with my sellers about offering a home warranty. Yeah. It puts one. a lot of those nerves, I guess, aside. And so, yeah, of course, go and get your home inspection. But we have a, you know, 12, 16 month home warranty that we're providing to you mm-hmm. as the new buyer to kind of give that peace of mind. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's some, I mean, I've, I've, I've negotiated everything in the world when it comes to an inspection, but I think it really just comes down to, you know, the seller doesn't want to pay a lot of money. They're trying to get out and mm-hmm. the buyer also doesn't want to pay. So how are we going to make it a, a win-win for everybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to find that win-win some of the time. Yeah. It is. Some of the times you just forth. offer nothing because the seller calls you crying and doesn't want to sell. And then they, the buyer withdraws the objection and nobody feels good. <laughs> well, I think, uh, the biggest thing is, is, you know, people as a seller, you get that inspection objection. And essentially we're like, we're calling your baby ugly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're like, oh my gosh, our perfect home that we've lived in for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. these this people hate it, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it, it becomes very personal and emotional. And so again, make that aware right Mm -hmm. I I talk about inspections in my listing appointments right we're gonna have that opportunity where they're gonna come in and they're gonna look at your house the inspectors job their ultimate job is to tell you everything that is potentially wrong with the property that's that's their goal and so even if it's you know the third spindle on the staircase is loose Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that your house is a piece of crap Mm -hmm. it's just the inspector has to note it because that's what he was hired to do. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, I always tell him, don't don't get upset. Don't get offended. Think of it more of here's the honeydew list on behalf mm-hmm. of the buyers. You know, we we all have our honeys in our in our homes <laughs> and in our in our lives and they have a list for us. Yeah. There are some of those items that you are willing to do. And there are some of those items that you're like, oh, I'll put it off for another yeah. day next week. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that that's the kind of the mindset that I try to get people into is we don't have to agree to all of them. Sure. They may walk away from the transaction, but we don't have to do all of these items to, you know, make make the transaction happen. I like that. And yeah. I, I try to uh, prep my buyers on that too. Like, yeah. listen, um, the inspector's job is to find all this stuff. Right. Don't freak out because a lot of the time it'll be a pretty clean inspection and mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh my God, all this stuff's wrong. And it's like, not really. A lot of it's not actually wrong. Sure. It's just not ideal. Yeah. And so usually they get it, I think, yeah. after that. I hope that any agent that's listening that's new or like somewhat into this is getting so much out of this conversation, right? Because that's who we're kind of geared towards. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think just having these conversations when you're new, it all feels so overwhelming, right? And it's just nice. Second siren. To have that reminder of, okay, hey, everyone is just a human being. We're just trying to navigate through this as 
peaceful as possible. Right. right? And yeah. so I hope, like, I wish I had that conversation yeah. from the get go and like had that mindset of what an inspection was. Absolutely. And, and like, you know, you, Sam, Sam just said, you know, the, the buyers often think, oh my gosh, these are everything that's wrong with the house. Mm-hmm. I think that inspection report is also intimidating. Sometimes it can yeah. be, you know, 50 plus pages long yeah. and everyone's like, oh my gosh, there's 50 pages worth of stuff that needs to happen to this house. <laughs> We're not buying it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so again, putting that up front, hey, we're going to go see some homes today. It's just like the house or the apartment or wherever you're currently living. There are things that could be done to mm-hmm. update and keep up your house. That's yeah. that's part of real estate and, right. and, and owning. Um, there's work to be done. And yep. and I think that we just have to remember that, you know, it's, it's the inspector's job to point out absolutely everything that's wrong. It's up to then the buyer and seller to determine what's what's willing and, and able to be fixed to get us to the closing table. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And Greg is one of the more helpful people towards new agents that mm-hmm. I've come across here. He will drive you to Frisco and buy you donuts <laughs> and coffee. I saw this happen just last week with a few newer agents. Wait, so what? he's very accommodating. I know you missed out. Oh, that's oh right. You're not, you're not new enough. That's so the problem. what gave you that heart? What gave you that passion towards education? Like when did that start? I think again with Whitney, right? I mean, Whitney literally adopted me basically as her child. I I literally will say (laughs) Whitney was the one that was like, yo, we're going to be in the office all day. So I'm also packed you lunch this morning, you know, or, Hey, we're going to have a really long day. So my husband, Jeff is going to bring us dinner, you know, things like that. And she just, she had that like care. And like I said, she almost became like a mom in Mm -hmm. that, in that regard. Um, and was also available 24 seven, right? Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. doing showings in Evergreen until 9 p.m. And I'm like, Whitney, I'm so sorry. I understand that you also have a life, but help, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so oftentimes I think, especially as a new agent, there's some things that you're like, oh yeah, I got this. Mm-hmm. And then a question comes up and you're like, shoot, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of get in that freak out mode. And I think that if you have somebody that can be your mentor, your coach, that's you know your 911 dialer and somebody that can help you through those things, extremely beneficial and so I for whatever reason kind of then adopted that as well of how can I help these new guys I remember being the newbie I remember being just out of real estate school and being like what in the world do I do now right I I know everything legal of what I can and can't do but now how do I sell a home right things like that so you really aren't prepared at the beginning I remember Mm -hmm. googling like do you leave the lockbox open when you're doing a showing or close it back up? Like I did, and I felt too stupid to ask, you know, simple stuff like Laura's looking at me. Like, what do you do, Sam? Do you leave it open? I leave it open now. Yeah, what do you do? I leave it open. Well, sometimes I put the key back in there and close it. You do, and then reopen. I keep the key I had in back pocket instance, always. Though. Oh, so happened? I learned from. What happened? You lost a key? Yeah. No, you did? <laughs> yeah. That keeps me up at night. What happened? I've taken a key um, home with me. You did? So like you said, in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you take it home with yeah. you. Yeah. No, it was this showing out in Elizabeth and it like was on land and I don't know what happened. Key was in my hand and then I don't Somewhere know. in a field? <laughs> I don't know. The listing agent was wonderful about it. Oh, they really? had a backup, right? Like okay. and note to self. If I am ever a listing agent, I will make sure they have multiple copies of their house sure, key. Sure, sure. Right? Just in case yeah. a buyer's agent loses the key. Because I've been there. I've done it. Yeah. You know, you learn from your experiences. But yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. You got, And you guys have some Genesis story, you two, together. That you were talking oh, about Oh, are beforehand. we allowed to talk You're about allowed that? to say it now. <laughs> it's been 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> probably just for new agents, right? Like, we... 
when you're new and you have no clue what you're doing mm-hmm. and you host an open house for the very first time. First one? Yeah. Mm, okay. Take your own signs, right? <laughs> what, what, yeah, what else would you do? There's, there's well, a backstory. Okay, so okay. <laughs> Whitney Sweet. Once again, just shout out Maybe to Whitney. Maybe she's the title love- of this podcast. Yeah, just, <laughs> just in summation, Whitney Sweet. I am a new agent. I'm so like, fine, I'll do an open house, right? Because my coach has been telling me to do an open house. That's how you get leads. No, 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 no. And now I love open houses. I'm such a firm believer in them. But at the time, I had no clue what went into hosting an open house. Yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so literally showed up. Well, Whitney was like, Hey, I have an open house for you. I was like, great. It's an adorable listing. It was like right over here. I can't even remember the neighborhood. She's Um, she's pointing to the Northeast. Yes. (laughs) Cherry Creek area. Um, but it was an adorable listing. I was so excited Had posted on social media. Um, and was told like, okay, you don't have to worry about signs. There's going to be signs there. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I've got my sign-in sheet. I've got my snacks, waters. Great. Get to the property. I'm like, there's no signs. Mm. And it's 30 minutes before open house is supposed to start. Yeah. Because like a new agent, I didn't show up an hour before, right? Right. Like I showed up 30 minutes before. Um, And so I start panicking. I'm like, Whitney, there's no signs. She's texting Greg. I'm texting Greg. And I'm like, Greg, there's no signs. Was he's it Greg's like, listing? Who's yeah, it was oh, Greg's listing. Okay. And so, and he's in Mexico. And he's probably just trying to enjoy like an umbrella drink on the beach. <laughs> and an I'm over text. here like, I don't want signs. <laughs> yeah. And so literally an agent had scheduled a showing. Anyways, the signs, I'm the worst at storytelling, but... The signs didn't make it. Um, he was trying to get a hold of his uh, assistant. She's like, oh, I'll get the signs or whatever. No, that wasn't happening. And an agent comes in for a regular showing uh-huh. and looks at us like I, I had a friend, a girlfriend there with me because, you know, safety. So McCall was with me at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, McCall. If you remember McCall. And so um, we're both just new, dumb agents. <laughs> Standing in there, ready to greet whoever, which is no one, walking into our open house. Yeah. Uh, because we didn't even have balloons. No balloons, no signs. No balloons, yeah. no signs. Like, I didn't need, yeah. And to the point where even if you saw online that it was an open house, you'd feel tentative going in there. Because you're like, is this? There's nothing there. Yeah. So an agent walks in, and this is where I was like, okay, I'm, it's, I'm done. Um, and she was like, well, there's no signs or balloons out. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> so McCall and I are like, I think we're just going to call it. This is it just. Was, it was a failure. But uh, it's so funny because then I had no clue who Greg was. Right. And he comes to Keller Williams uh, and we start texting and he's like, oh, wait. Are you no sign girl? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're no sign girl. And it's so funny because like we bonded probably the instant that we met. Right. Because Whitney talked you up and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're going to love Greg. Yeah. I met him when he toured. And obviously, I feel like Greg is really hard to not fall in love with as <laughs> soon as you meet him. Um, and so we had bonded. And then I was like, oh, it was just this full like circle. Full of, circle moment. right? Yeah. There. No but, sign girl. And I'm sure she was, you know, 
she was cursing me out the whole day and then figured out who I am. We're good now. We, we've but made now up. I we've get it, up. right? Like you're in Mexico and it's like, dude. Yeah, it was like, it was a random last minute. My seller called and was like, we yeah. have to have an open house this weekend. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I'm I'm out of the country. Like you said, I'm sipping umbrella drinks on the beach. Yeah. I will not be hosting an open house. And so I was searching for anybody that was willing and able. And like I said, my assistant said, yeah, I'll get signs out there. We'll we'll have we'll get you all squared away. Yeah. Unfortunately, that did not happen. The more so wasn't my, like, oh, I hate Greg. It was just like a really good learning <laughs> moment, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, always have your signs. What case, I yeah. need mm-hmm. as an agent. And mm-hmm. I was very grateful and humbled for that experience because if people had come, I was so not prepared for an open house. Right? <laughs> oh, a yeah. Blessing, it would have been even worse. If, if you it, had signs, yeah. it would have been way like, worse. It was, yes. So <laughs> it was like I look back and I'm like, that was such a good learning opportunity because then later on that day, I did go to another open house. I wasn't hosting it, but I just went to go see what, like, how it went. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Thank you. God, and I think that that's the biggest takeaway, right? Put again, put your shoes on as the buyer or the seller, Mm -hmm. and what is it that you're looking for in that role, right? Right. And then emulate that now as a Mm -hmm. real estate agent. So, as a newer agent, I was going to open houses, Mm -hmm. not telling anybody that I was an agent, and I literally was spying and you know learning their tips and tricks. I you know, fibbed and I was like, yeah, of course, I'm a $1.4 million buyer. <laughs> you know? And you see their follow-up plan yeah. too, because they, yeah. they don't think you're an agent. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. And so I saw like how smart. everybody else was doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And saw the ones that weren't doing it great. And I was yeah. like, well, I don't want to be that guy. Right. I want to be the one that's doing it better than the even better person, right? And yeah. so I I put on my role or put on the hat, I guess, if you will, of a buyer and then did the same as a seller, right? What does it look like to be a seller? I jokingly, I <laughs> took my parents' house and I said, hey, you got, they were gone for the weekend. And I called two listing agents and told them that I was selling my house. It wasn't mine. I hadn't purchased a house at the time. It was my parents' house. And I said, yo, we're selling our house. Can you come as a real estate agent and give me your listing presentation? I straight up took both listing presentations, marked them up, liked what I liked, didn't like what I didn't like, and I made my own. Oh, that's a That genius. is the most badass thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is genius. That is so awesome. Did yeah. they ever find out that you were an agent? I mean, they continued to call me, and I was like, you know, I decided not to sell or... You know, I mean, did they look up the property and see that Greg doesn't own the home? Same last name, and I'm okay. I'm I'm a little bit lucky because the names are fairly similar. So uh, I, okay. I I was able to kind of get you away with it. Sneaky dog. Yeah, is, I mean, I that is beautiful. It. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's like the this gunslinger mentality where you're just like, I'm just gonna do it, and it, it worked. When I think you know, go through and see what agents are doing really well, mm-hmm. and then try to do it better, right? Yeah. Don't try to just be like, oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And so right. I, I, I always kind of live in that mindset, putting on the, the hat of the buyer and the seller. And what is it that they're seeing from their eyes, from their perspective, you know? And yeah. then again, you know, unfortunately for some new agents, they haven't been through that real estate transaction process at all. So that, right. that feeling is unknown. Right. Yeah. And so again, I just, I faked it. I didn't have a house to sell, but I pretended to. And <laughs> what, what year was that, do you think? Um, this was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So 2013. Yeah. Okay. As a follow up, where old. were you on 9 11? Oh my gosh. Interesting question. Yes. I actually, um, so from Longmont, fourth generation to go to Longmont, Colorado. Woo, woo. Wow. So you out. are a Colorado native. I am. Okay. I am. Wait, so there's, there's like a hesitation there. Yeah. 
Um, no, no hesitation. Oh, okay. I think okay. that oftentimes people are like, are you really a Colorado native? Right? Yeah. Like, kind of like you guys just said there was hesitation. Sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fourth generation Legit. of the good old Longmont. You're too well dressed to be a Colorado native. That's why I'm not buying it. Hey, thanks. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. <laughs> Especially from Longmont. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm one of the few that made it out. I, yeah. I love those soaks in Longmont. Again, shout out to good old Longmont. But yeah. yeah, fourth generation to graduate from the same high school. Wow. Which is even crazier. But yeah, I, again, 9-11, I was actually in a math class. Mm. I remember it very vividly. Um, our principal got on the loudspeaker and told everybody to either make their way to the auditorium or if you had you know projection and, and a TV specifically in your room to turn it on. And we nobody knew what was going on. And I very vividly remember the projector was on, but the screen was like slowly going down, you know, again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah. This yeah. is in the, yeah. the beginning yeah. stages the of, of <laughs> projectors coming yep. down from the ceiling and it took forever. And so like the, the image was very faint on the back wall while that screen was coming down. And I remember very vividly hearing, I think it was maybe the Today Show, saying, you know, there's now been a third plane mm. that has crashed into the Pentagon. And I was just like, what? Mm. Right? I was like, what is this? And I didn't know if we were, like, watching a movie. You know, like, again, like, you're like this is a history lesson. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I just, everybody was, there was a lot of confusion and, and that sort of thing. But I do, I remember sitting in that classroom. It's so crazy. I remember exactly, like, what the classroom looked like. Okay. I can tell you who my teacher was. I remember there was a window on my right looking out towards the mountains. And I was just like, What's going to, you know, like, is there going to be a plane crash here? Yeah. Just like all yeah. those questions start going through your head, especially, you know, being young and not really ever experiencing really anything it. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's before. hard to know what's going on. Yeah. Mm. The day the woods, the world stood still. <laughs> it's a book I've read. Um, what's our other question we always ask, Lauren? Why don't you take this one? What are you currently <laughs> listening to or reading? Ooh. I am a huge fan of Krista Mayshore. Um, she is out of California and a powerhouse agent. Yeah. Um, she just recently joined EXP, but she has mm. now three different books. One just came out uh, like a week ago. Um, now you're going to make me try to remember the title. It no, literally just came out. Um, Krista Mayshore's new book. Stop, snap, and switch, I think. Mm -hmm. Something very similar. It is basically kind of in regards to how we have so many negative thoughts. Or we say, oh, I can't do that. Or it's very easy for us to say, you know, that that's not. For me, yeah. Um, and so she, um, in one of her podcasts, in a in a training and coaching session that I did with her actually last year, um, she sent everybody these almost like a rubber band, like mm-hmm. wristbands. I actually have mine on right now. Oh. Um, where you literally kind of like snap yourself, like the yeah. old school, like snap your snap your wrist, and yep. then you switch the bracelet or the wristband to your other hand Mm -hmm. and that cognitive moving of that is like again trying to teach you to get away from negative think and more to the positive so um i'm a big fan of both her podcast and then like i said i just started reading that that new book yes brand new snap and switch is the number one new release in starting a business Mm oh there you go i have one more question yeah what would you say are your goals for like real estate long term Ooh. Um, I love real estate. I really do. I love the transaction aspect. However, I, I don't, I don't want to say bored with it, but I'm ready for the next challenge. Right. Mm. And so I am going more so into that coaching, mentoring, training Mm. aspect. Um, this last year I started, uh, teaching for Kaplan. So teaching all new agents, how to get their license, um, which has been so fun, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's been 10 years since I've done it. Um, and so going through, you know, all that information and kind of re 
teaching the acronyms and ways that you can remember specific things, I love, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, fair housing, fresh corn. Do y'all know what fresh corn yes. is? Wait, yes. Wait, what's fresh corn? What is that? Yeah, is it an that's, acronym? Yeah, and so oh, that's yeah, how you can yeah, remember. Yeah. And then like in Colorado, we add margarine and salt. Yes. And it's like coming up with those little things. Yes. I Marital love status. Ace. But that's been Kaplan. There you go. Yeah, all right. Hey. But that's been Kaplan. Like I felt like because I did Kaplan for my and I'm like, I feel like if you do Kaplan real estate education to prepare for your exam, like you will not fail. Sure. Oh, yeah. You just won't. They, they have a great pass rate. And that's that's one of the reasons why I joined them as as opposed to some of the others. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I guess like the goal, the ultimate goal is that I don't necessarily want to get out of real estate mm -hmm. by any means, but I want to allow other people to experience the transactions um, and kind of coach mentor and, and get those, get those transactions happening for again, those newer agents out there and get their yeah. feet wet so that they feel a little bit more confident, more comfortable, start taking on the world and start stealing the listing appointments away from again, the agents that just do the minute, the bare minimum yes. right. um, and be bigger and better than, than the other guys out there. I Let's love that. Wait, so that's what you're doing here at Keller Williams and EHP. That is correct. Yes. Yeah, Elite Home Partners. Yeah. yeah. This oh. is the biggest the biggest team here at our office. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's Greg, you've just recently joined. I Tell did. us about that. Give us the scoop, man. Yeah. They such um, a win for them. Uh, that's what they <laughs> big oh, thank you. Thank you. It really, really is. Um they, as Sam just said, they are the largest team here in the office and mm -hmm. have continued to expand. Um, you know, Brendan Bartik, that's the former Bartik team, mm -hmm. um, was uh just re rebranded uh, the beginning of this year to elite home partners. And yeah, it's been exciting. They have a lot of great systems and tools in place to really help agents succeed. Yeah. Um, really kind of holding you feet to the fire when it comes to accountability, um, which I think so much of us need, right? It's mm -hmm. so easy to stay at home and, you know, work from home in your pajamas, not really have to do a whole lot today right. versus coming in, being in the office, um, you know, it comes kind of creates that like friendly competition aspect. Yeah. Again, we were talking about, you know, Doug, the dialers, there's all these guys down by my office that are constantly dialing and on the phone. And when I leave at 5 PM and I haven't picked up the phone, I just feel like a failure, right? right. Like I need to step right. up yeah. my game. And so it's great, right? It builds that, that camaraderie, but it also builds mm -hmm. that kind of accountability and, and fun competition within the office. So yeah, yeah I'm excited to, uh, to, to be a part of that team and, kind of see where, where the future goes with those guys. Yeah, that's awesome. And there was one thing I just remembered we talked about at happy hour in Keystone last week. It was, does it move the boat? Is that what you said? Does it make the boat go faster? Does it make the boat go faster? What does this mean? There's yes. Tease. So um, I, this has kind of been my mindset, my motto for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, in the Sydney Olympics, the uh, British rowing team had previously lost the past Olympics. And they then went in and were kind of the underdog. And so the two years kind of leading up to the Olympics, every question that they asked themselves in regards to their training, their mindset, everything they did was, will it make the boat go faster? Mm -hmm. So, you know, my training, going to training this morning and spending, you know, two hours on a rowing machine, will it make the boat go faster? Unfortunately, yes. So it's something that we need to do, right? Yeah. However, going out tomorrow night with all my friends and drinking to oblivion until 2 a.m., will it make their boat go faster? No. So it's not yeah. something that we're going to do. Mm. And so I've really kind of taken that mindset and that mind frame of will it make the boat go faster? My decisions, the things that I do today, the things that I put on my calendar, will it make my boat go faster? Will it help my business? 
If not, then it's probably doesn't live on my calendar. It's not something that I should be spending my time, my effort on. Granted, yes, of course, there's time where you need to like jump away and take a break from business. But Mm -hmm. um, again, I think that's also important. You getting away and taking a break makes the boat go faster. So I I really just kind of live by that that idea. There's a great coaching program. Um, His name is Ben Hunt Davis. um, And he actually created a coaching program called Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? And like I said, I just I've kind of developed that and made it my my business plan, if you will, of Mm -hmm. If this is going on my calendar, is it going to help my business today, tomorrow, or in the long run? Otherwise, it doesn't really belong. Love it. Mm, yeah. That's awesome. That's a perfect place to end, don't you think? So good. The yes. knowledge that was dropped today. I, I mean, I we love. could keep going, but, yeah. you know, for time's sake. <laughs> that's um, we could. We could. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you guys. Yeah. yeah thanks for having us. You're uh, a gem, and we him. all adore you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Uh, oh. We love you guys. We love you guys. All See right, you next time. Bye.